Well, it's good to see everybody out this morning. I hope you all are doing well and had a good weekend and, and then rested up and ready for this morning because I'm going to try not to put you to sleep. So if you want to hear a good sermon, come back tonight and hear Mark Eubank. Really, he is a good speaker. I had the privilege of hearing him at Richmond, and he is a, a very well speaker, and I know that you will enjoy hearing him because everything he says is, is the truth, and he will not alter from it, back down from it, not one bit. He is a, a really good speaker, and, I, and I, I'm looking forward to hearing him tonight. This morning, I want to talk to you about Jonah. If you was in Bible class this morning, I... I kind of gave my lesson away. I was referring to Job, and I was sitting here just talking Jonah up like he was a good man, man, I tell you. And it was not Jonah, let me promise you, it was Job. <laughs> and uh, so, so that was what Shelby was referring to in the announcements this morning. <clears throat> but we're going to talk about Jonah. And when I looked at the book of Jonah, I got to thinking, you know, I've never really heard a sermon on Jonah. I heard it in Bible class, the story, and you know, you kind of paraphrased that, and and that's what we get out of it. And so I thought, I want to bring a sermon from Jonah because there's a lot of good lessons that can come from Jonah. And when I got into it and got to looking, well, you could make an entire sermon just off one chapter or just take a little segment. There is so many things that you can take from the book of Jonah. But this morning what I'd like to do, and then in the future we might look at just certain sections and make a sermon. This morning what I would like to do is take the entire book of Jonah. It's only four chapters. And I want to kind of paraphrase it a little bit and pull some things from the story and make application to it from them and kind of apply them to our lives. So let's just jump into it. Jonah chapter 1. And I'm going to paraphrase as we go for the sake of time. I'm not going to read the verses, but I'm going to kind of paraphrase it as we go. So Jonah chapter 1, in the very first verse, what does God tell Jonah to do? He gives him some instructions. He says, Jonah, you need to go to Nineveh and you need to tell the people that they need to turn from their sins or I'm going to destroy them. So what does Jonah do? He goes right down there to Nineveh, right? He jumps on that boat and he hightails it straight to Nineveh because he wants to do God's work, right? No, that's not what he does at all. Jonah runs from God. Jonah hides. He runs and gets on a boat going the opposite way of Nineveh, going to Tarshish. He was trying to hide from God. How about us when, when we sin and we find ourselves not doing what God wants us to do? Do we hide from God? Do, do we think, well, I've hid it from the world. I have fooled the world. I've pulled the wool over the world of the eyes. I can do it from God, right? No. We cannot hide from God. No matter what we may be able to hide from the world, and the world may not be able to know, God knows everything and God can see it. So John, he gets on the boat thinking he's got it made, he's safe. He gets on the boat and he goes down inside to the boat and he goes to sleep. And thinking, God ain't going to find me. But he gets out there on the water and a storm comes. And it's just wreaking havoc on the boat. It's up, it's down, and Jonah's still down there asleep. And the crew gets so scared that they start calling out to their gods saying, help us, we, we need help, you know, crying out. And the master of the ship, he goes down and he finds Jonah, Jonah asleep. He says, what are you doing down there sleeping? Jonah thought he had it made. Jonah was comfortable in his sin from hiding from God. But he wakes up and he realizes there's a storm and he says, I have hidden from God. You know, this is my fault. This is why this has come upon you. And he said, you need to go and throw me over the ship. How about us when we sin? Do we think of the consequences that are going to come from it? 
We think when I sin, this is what's going to happen. This, 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 and this. No, usually we don't. Well, Jonah didn't think about the consequences of his sins either. He boarded the boat, trying to hide from God, not knowing that the consequences was going to put the whole crew of this ship at risk. Everyone could have lost their lives because of Jonah's sin. When we sin, we put people in, in harm's way because of our sins, our actions. Well, Jonah did the same thing. These men on the boat had nothing to do. They didn't, or had, did nothing wrong. But yet they were praying, uh, pray, paying the price and suffering from Joe's disobedience. When we sin, we may not think of others who are suffering from it, but they do. So Jonah told them, this is what you can do. I've sinned. You can make it right right now by throwing me over the boat. And things will go good for you. But the crew didn't. They continued to row. They continued to try to get to land. They even threw some of their cargo off the ship. When we sin, sometimes we put people in harm's way and they cause them to pay. But at the same time, when we sin, we can cause others to sin too. Jonah told them, I've sinned. You're getting mixed up in my sin now. This is what you need to do to make it right. But they chose not to. They chose to do what they wanted to do and head right down the wrong path. And it caused the storm to get worse. And because it did, the men finally said, oh, it's not going to get any better and I'm not going to make it to shore. So we need to do what's right. So they, they brought Jonah up and they threw him overboard and the storm was stopped. So when they threw Jonah overboard, a fish come along. Some people think it's a whale that swallowed him up. He stayed in the fish's belly for three days and three nights. Me being the person I am, I, I like to think it was probably Megalodon. You know, that's just me. If you've ever seen the Shark Week, you know, it's the giant, it's the giant fish that's a shark that's about four times the size of a regular great white. So that's just me. The Bible doesn't say what really the fish was. But nevertheless, the people realized that Jonah was the problem. And because of Jonah's sins and his consequences for it, he was thrown overboard and God sent a great fish to swallow him up. And so that ends chapter 1. So, we move to chapter 2. So Jonah's in the fish, and he knows he's messed up. He's had to stay in this fish's belly for three days and three nights, and he's got nothing but time on his hand to sit and think about what he's done wrong. So he prays. He prays to God, and he asks Him that, you know, have mercy on Him. This is what I've done wrong. I know I've messed up. I should have done what you wanted me to do. And so because he repented and he, he, and he made acknowledgement of his, his sins, God spoke to the fish and the fish spit Jonah up on dry land. Sometimes when we sin, God lets us hit rock bottom before we realize that there's no other way up unless we have Jesus. The only way that we can have peace and salvation is through Christ. Without Him, we are lost. And then when we pray and ask God, we need to truly repent of our sins and ask Him. It doesn't need to be an afterthought thinking, well, I've messed up, so I'm just going to pray to God. He's going to take care of it and forgive us because that's what He does and it's all right. No, that's, that's not how it works. We, God gives us a second chance to do things right. We need to take advantage of it. Amen. So that is chapter 2 pretty much real summed up real quick because chapter 2 is nothing but Jonah praying to God and asking Him to forgive Him. 
And that is what we need to learn. That when we do mess up, we need to pray to God. We need to ask for forgiveness and not, and not do it again and to go out and to be better shining lights in the community. So we get to chapter 3. God gives Jonah a second chance. He tells Jonah right in the very first verse of chapter 3, Jonah, go to Nineveh. Tell the people that they need to turn from their sins because if not, I am going to destroy them. So Jonah does. What about us when we were given a second chance? Do we, do we take God at His Word and act upon it and try not to sin anymore and be better shining lights? We need to because we are not promised tomorrow. So Jonah gets down there and he tells the people to turn from their sins. And they do. The king even sends out a decree that everyone needs to return to God and stop their wicked ways. So much so that they put on sackcloth and they sat in ashes. That idea of putting on sackcloth is it was a garment that was wore back then. It was worn during a time of mourning. They were truly sorrowful for what they was doing. They realized that we have, we've been blessed by God and we've had all this, but yet we've been sinning against Him this whole time. So they was in mourning. They were sorrowful. And so for a period of time, they mourned. When we sin, are we truly sorrowful for our sins? Or is it like what I said before? Is it an afterthought? Well, I've messed up again. God's going to forgive me because that's what He does and I'm okay. No, we need to be truly sorrowful for our sins when we have done wrong. And we need to make sure that we are being setting forth the best example that we can to others so that we don't bring them into our sins or cause them to stumble. So that's chapter 3. Chapter 3 pretty much is... Jonah goes, finally does what God tells him to do. And he goes to Nineveh. But the people listen to Jonah. They turn from their sins. And they are, are blessed by God and not destroyed. And then we come to chapter 4. Chapter 4 is a very interesting chapter to me. You could spend a lot of time on chapter 4. kind of goes back to saying, this is how ungrateful Jonah is. I had to ask Brent uh, some questions on this because when I was reading it, it, it just it kind of gave me a different image and some different things. But anyway, basically chapter 4 is Jonah throwing a big pity party. He's been forgiven. He was given a second chance. And what does Jonah do when the people of Nineveh are forgiven? He gets mad at God. He goes out into the desert and he sits there and he is angry at God. Why is he angry at God? Because God forgave the people of Nineveh and he thought, well, they're forgiven, but they need to be destroyed. They need to be crushed. They need to be just eliminated or whatever it was he thought. He thought they needed punished. And because God forgave them and didn't punish them, he was mad at God for it. When we, when we sin and, and if we're forgiven, we're usually happy about it. We're, we're thankful. But do we ever get mad when someone else has sinned and they're forgiven by God? And we think, man, that person is way worse than I am. They deserve death or they deserve this. And they didn't get it. Do you get mad about that? I think about, I believe it's Jeffrey Dahmer. Don't quote me on this, but I believe it's Jeffrey Dahmer. You know, murdered people, killed people, was put in prison and ultimately sentenced to death. But did you know that thanks to a Christian lady, if this, if this story is true, and it's been, I, I believe it's true, and it's been backed up several times, a Christian lady from the, church, from the Lord's church sent him pamphlets. He, the, the Bible correspondence course. He studied those things. He believed on it. He studied his Bible. And before his death, he was baptized into Christ. Do you know where he gets to spend eternity? In heaven. A lot of people would look and say, that is awful. 
You mean to tell me that a murderer is going to get to go to heaven? Well, let me, let me tell you what the Bible says about murderers getting to go to heaven. Paul gets to go to heaven. What did Paul do before he became a Christian? He killed Christians. That was his life's ambition and motivation to drive was to go out and kill Christians. But Jonah knew that God was a forgiving God. He knew that when he went down there and told the people to turn from their sins and repent, if they did that, that God would forgive him. We need to have the same attitude that God has when He forgives us. God forgives us. He could easily have punished Jonah by letting him drown, letting that fish go ahead instead of keeping him in the belly for three days. He could have been his supper. Jonah could have been done. But God had mercy and God forgave Jonah. We need to have the same attitude that God has when He forgives us. And that is to not be mad and not be upset when other people are forgiven and they get to receive the rewards that we do. Yes, there's earthly consequences that come with our actions. You know, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, he had to spend his life in prison was ultimately sentenced to death and put to death. But he gets the, the final reward and that's going to heaven. That's the same with us. Sometimes when we sin, there are earthly consequences to our actions. And, and, but our goal is to not suffer the, the eternal consequence. So even Jonah, Jonah was out here in the desert and he was having his pity party. He was mad because God let the people of Nineveh be uh, forgiven. Well, while Jonah was mad at God, God still had mercy and kindness on him. He caused a plant to grow to put him in the shade so that he wasn't sitting out there being hot and bothered while he was mad at God. God still cared. And the next morning, a worm was sent by, uh, was sent by God to eat and destroy that plant. And then God sent a really hot east wind in and the sun beating down, and Jonah is aggravated. Jonah gets even madder. He gets so mad that he looks at God and he says, God, I wish I would die. That's how mad he was. And God looked at Jonah and he says, Why? Do you not, why, do you, why are you angry? I sent a plant. I, I protected you. And now you're mad at the plant? Because I pitied the, you pity the plant for, for something you didn't even work for? He said, why should I not pity my own children that I created, the people of Nineveh? I think my microphone just died. Uh, can you hear me now? All right, I might have turned it off. <clears throat> so he tells, he tells Jonah, why are you upset about a plant that you didn't labor for, you didn't work for, and you're mad about it that you want to die, but yet I can't pity the people of Nineveh that I created. You know, these people deserve salvation too. I think it is different. I'm about done. I'm about done. So. Okay. <clears throat> but God told Jonah, you know, these people, I, I need to pity them because they didn't know me, but now they do. And now they are able to prosper and do good things and spread His work. So now we come to the end of chapter 4. And what is the moral of the story? What is this whole lesson about Jonah to me to be summed up in a nutshell? What is it talking about to me? Well, it's simply this. If you just do what God says and you don't sin and you don't run from problems, then you ain't going to have problems like this. We will have trouble and storms in our life. But we could have less trouble and less storms in our life 
if we would just simply do what God says. Because a lot of the storms and a lot of the troubles that are brought on in life is brought on by our own sin. And if we, if we do what God's will is, and we're happy for others who are trying to do God's will, because then, then that's all that God asks of us, is to spread His Word, to go out and do it. Because God doesn't want anybody to be lost. He doesn't want anyone to perish. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. You know, He wants all to come to Him. Regardless of what we do on this earth, how we sin or whatever, if we repent of our sins and we truly believe and we are baptized, we all have that hope in heaven. So this morning, if there's anyone that needs to put on Christ, and that's in baptism, then you can do that this morning. You can come forward and we will baptize you into Christ and you can start that walk down that road to Christ and, 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 and have that reward in heaven. If there's anybody that has been become Christian and they have fallen off and they need to come back through repentance and prayer, they can and we will pray for you and with you. If there's anything we can do for you this morning, please come forward as we stand and as we sing. All things are ready. Come to the feet.